Welcome to the Irresistible You podcast. This is the place to get a dose of empowerment to create the life you crave and deserve. I'm your host, Amy Beltran, CEO and founder of Irresistible University. I teach women just like you how to ditch the body image issues, gain confidence, and lose the emotional weight to look and feel irresistible at any size. If you like the podcast, you're going to love my group coaching program. If you want to learn more about it, including the investment cost, what's included, get client testimonials, and to sign up and enroll, please head over to irresistibleicing.com slash course. The link is also in the show notes. Hello, 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 everyone. I know that it has been a minute since you have heard my voice here, and I have been absolutely MIA off of the internet and social media. Um, The only place people have probably seen me is inside of the coaching group. And I have definitely been missing in action. And number one today in the podcast, it's going to be a little bit of a different flow because I want to share why and I want to share what's been going on in my world. And, you know, I don't want to just share that. I always like to connect back to a purpose and a topic and a learning opportunity and I want to connect this back to today's overall overarching topic which is really around when life throws you a curveball and how we can do hard things in our journeys even when we don't think we have it in us because for those of you that have been listening to me for a while You know, one of the things that I always tell you is that it's not a matter of if life throws you a curveball. It's not a matter of if life decides to punch you in the gut. It's really a matter of when because we're always going to go through things. Some of us will go through things that look much different and that's okay. But one of the guarantees that we have is that life will throw us some curveballs. And so that is such an underlying theme about Irresistible You because we talk all the time about how, you know, we can't lose weight. We can't go on a self-love journey and do this Irresistible You path in a bubble because life is not lived in a bubble. Life is not lived when all conditions are perfect because if that's the case, we would never be able to do the things in life. And that's a big reason why, you know, these diets that you see yourself going on, they never last in the long term because you want to be able to do them in this all conditions are perfect type of like environment. And that's just not realistic. So we have to understand that at some point, we're going to get thrown some curveballs here and there. And you know, sometimes we're never prepared for that particular curveball or that particular uh, redirect, but we have to know that the good comes with the bad and everything in between. So I just want to get personal with you guys for a second because I feel that we have that kind of relationship. And you know that I'm never one to really hold back with what's going on with me. I really wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't sugarcoat things. I share because I always know there's power in 
sharing story. There's power in sharing my uh, my journey, my challenges, my struggles, because someone listening right now might be going through the same thing, or even if it's not the exact same thing, there's always something to glean from that story. And so, yes, I have been missing. Yes, I have not been able to even think about the podcast or uh, work for that matter at the moment, but. Let me just get into it. Um, I don't want to hold you in suspense any longer. So um, here we go, guys. And this is going to probably be, no, (laughs) this is going to be um, an emotional episode for me. So please bear with me because it's it's going to be emotional and and as i get into it you're going to understand why why that is and 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 everything else so okay so um on june 25th friday june 25th at approximately 3 45 p.m it's crazy how when certain things happen the date and the time is forever imprinted in our brain and I will never forget the date and the time. On that date, our entire world was flipped upside down. I took both of my kids um, to the pediatrician. So both of my kids had been sick on and off with colds and uh, a little bit of coughing, a little bit of mucus, you know, the typical. We took them to urgent care a few weeks prior to that. They gave, you know, basically said, let it run its course. You know, it's just a really bad cold, but it could progress to an ear infection. And, And it did. So my daughter had actually been out of school that week because she was just running fever and she wasn't feeling good. And for her to be down and out like that is really unheard of, honestly Um, because she's such a high energy child and that morning she woke up saying her ear was hurting so I called made an appointment got in that day and other than that you guys that day was just boom boom like it was just work was flowing I was in the zone I was marking stuff off the to-do list I was feeling productive and our biggest problem up until that time our pool had started turning green because <laughs> uh, the chlorinator, um, we have a saltwater pool and the chlorinator had stopped produ- had stopped working. And so that was our biggest problem. So we ran to Walmart on the way to our appointment because my husband had actually taken the day off because of the kids being sick. And, you know, we picked up some, some salt for the pool, some supplies for the backyard. We were going to just, let's go get this antibiotic. Let's get the thing done. And we're going to spend the rest of the afternoon working on the pool. And we're going to have a swimming weekend, you know, right. It was Friday. So we did that and we got to our appointment and, uh, both of us were there with both kids and <laughs> I'll just, I'll just share this cause it irritates me to all hell. They wouldn't let my husband come back, even though we had two kids and two adults because of these ridiculous restrictions that are still out there, even though you can go rub shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow with some strangers at a bar and get drunk. I digress, right? (laughs) So I go back to the room and they do Javi first, take his vitals, check his ears like, oh, sure, for sure. He's got a double ear infection. Excuse me call in his prescription, boom, bing, bing, done, okay? Then they go and do cat's vitals, get her on the scale, her high, da-da-da-da, and then the doctor comes in, and it's not the pediatrician that we normally see, um, because this was all kind of like last minute or whatever, and when she looked at her chart, she said, Mrs. Beltran, um, 
you know, she's lost three pounds since your last appointment. And our last appointment was not even a month before this one. And I said, oh, well, that's strange. And I kind of thought, well, you know, she's been running a lot lately. She's been staying after at school and they play hard and they go on walks and they just, they play really hard outside. And I thought that's probably all it is. And I had kind of noticed maybe she looked a little bit thinner, but she also has shot up in height. And, you know, as kids shoot up, they thin down. Anyway, she said, you know, um, this is a little bit of a red flag because we don't normally see this kind of weight loss in a month on a four-year-old. So whenever I see this, I like to just check their glucose. And I thought, well, that's just insane. Like, why in the hell would you check a four-year-old's glucose? She's perfectly fine. And she said, I I don't think it's anything, but let's just, you know, I I just wouldn't sit well with me to send you home and not check. So I said, okay, that's fine. And they came and they did her little finger check. And um, she said, Mrs. Mrs. Beltran, um, I'm, I'm really sorry, but her number is so high that it's not registering on the machine. Her glucose, her, her blood sugar. And, um, in that moment, I'm holding Javi. She's sitting next to me. She's upset because she didn't know they were going to prick her finger. And she's crying. I said, can you please just get my husband? She's like, your husband's here? And I'm like, yeah, he's in the lobby. And she looked at me like, like, why in God's name are they, he's not back here? I said, they wouldn't let him back here. She was like, oh, you know, oh, heck no. And um, she went to um, have them bring him back. Because at this point, when she tells me this, I'm just feeling dizzy. I like my world is spinning and I'm trying to hold it together because I don't want my daughter to see that I am terrified. So uh, she said, you know, this could just be a fluke because she's had an ear infection that does sometimes cause the, you know, that causes our sugars to rise when we're sick and this and that. She said, so let's just kind of double check, you know, um, I want to double check her urine because if it's in her, if she's showing high blood sugar in the urine, then there's a high possibility that she might be diabetic. And when I heard that, I just thought, wait, what? (laughs) I I was so just um, beside myself. So to wrap this up as quickly as I can, um, she did have glucose in the urine and she said, I'm going to need you to immediately go to the children's hospital for further testing. And, um, sorry guys, (laughs) this is like the first time I'm really sharing this story outside of like close family. And, um, I haven't talked about it much in terms of the whole story. So I said, I need to step out for a minute. If I can talk to you, is that okay? She said, yes. And, um, I just had to go in the next in the next exam room and just kind of let it out a little bit because I was about to lose it and I have to hold it together for my daughter. And she said, I'm going to just let you know that this isn't going to be pleasant. They're going to be poking her and taking a lot of tests. And this is, if she had a hard time with just the glucose test, um, this is not going to be easy. But she's like, you got this. You got this. And um, we get to the children's hospital. Of course, they do all kinds of testing. They're taking blood. They're putting an IV into my daughter, which was just so traumatic for her and us. And we're terrified. And um, I had immediately called my parents who were already out of town for the weekend and they said we're on the way back (laughs) and I was like no please don't come back because I'm thinking oh yeah we're probably gonna go home it's no big deal and we've got Javi with us and Chewy's at home and they're like we're on the way home we will be there 
And um, sure enough, uh, they, <laughs> I haven't really had to say this out loud, guys, so please bear with me. Um, our little girl was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And um, that weekend, we spent the entire weekend in the children's hospital, my husband and I and our daughter. And um, when I think back to that weekend and that first week, I don't remember a lot because I was just in, we talk about survival mode a lot, but this was actually literally survival mode. And we were in survival mode taking this news in and also at the same time dealing with so many emotions I mean I was feeling heartbroken guilty what did I do wrong did I cause this what have I done is there something I didn't notice how did I not know this was happening and I remember one of the doctors saying I bet you right now you're replaying the last two months in your head and I said how did you know that? <laughs> and they said, trust me, there is absolutely nothing that you could have done to prevent this. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And the fear, the anger, the sadness, the madness, the shock, the just heartbroken, all in one. <laughs> just asking God, why? Why did this happen? <laughs> She's always been healthy from day one. From day one in my ultrasounds, she's been healthy. How did we get here? How? And as I learn more about type 1 diabetes, and I'm quickly becoming an expert because I have to, it just happens. It's an autoimmune disease and it has nothing to do with what you eat. It has nothing to do with lifestyle. It is not type 2 diabetes that your grandma had or you have or your mom has and they can control it with diet and exercise and maybe a pill. And I wish that they called these diseases, I don't even like to say the word disease, I wish they called these things different names because they're so different. It just happens and it won't change. It will not go away. It will not, um, I don't want to say it doesn't get better, but I mean, it kind of doesn't. You just learn how to manage it better. Her pancreas doesn't want to produce insulin anymore. And so that's now my job. My job is to step in and help be her pancreas for her. <laughs> Um, those first couple nights in the hospital, you know, you are reeling with the news and trying to be strong for your child and not have them see you melting down and your child just being terrified. Why am I here, mommy? What happened? What did I do? <laughs> She said, did I get a, did I get the, because ever since COVID started, she just calls it the virus. Did I get the virus? And I said, no, baby, that has nothing to do with it. And you didn't do anything wrong. And, um, you know, being a diabetic, you have to be on insulin for the rest of your life. And so here they are injecting her at least four times a day. 
And at this point in our journey, you guys, like I said, it's all a blur to me. And I think I know that's the body's way of protection because it was very traumatic for all of us. Um, it was taking my husband, myself, the nurse, the other nurse, and sometimes a third person, a fifth person to hold her down for these injections. And I don't know if you know anything about insulin injections, but they're actually not that big. They're actually not even really all that painful. Um, but when you're a four-year-old, a needle is a needle is a needle, right? And if I don't understand why this is happening, if I'm a 39-year-old person who's confused and scared and frustrated, I cannot imagine what this four-year-old little girl is thinking, right? So... um the other thing in the hospital is we spent, you know, three days not only managing her, trying to get her to understand as much as she can as a four-year-old, trying to just get through it, but they also spend those three days educating you so that you can take your child home on how to give her insulin and how to basically keep her alive. <laughs> and while we were there, um, we barely slept. We barely ate. I was wearing, and my husband, we were wearing the same clothes for three days in a row. I did not take my contacts out. I couldn't have given a shit about myself in that moment. And it's like when I had my parents come up there um, to bring some stuff, I didn't even think about us. I wasn't even thinking, hey, bring my contacts or bring this. or I just literally was in that survival mode. And, um, you know, it was hard and... I will tell you, my husband, who is the rock, who is my rock, who is the rock of this family, who is the calm one, who is just, he's the person that you want around when things go to shit. I'll just say that. And when she went to sleep one night, I was putting her to sleep, rubbing her back and laying in the bed with her and singing to her because that's what we do together. And I... <laughs> the, the room was kind of like an L. And he was on the couch. And I could hear him silently sobbing. And it just broke my heart because I never hear him cry. And it wasn't crying. It was sobbing. And um, once I put her to bed, we just sobbed together. Because in that moment, too, you have so many fears of what does this mean? How will she go to school? How will she do this? How will she do that? Because you don't know what you don't know yet. And you have so much fear of this, this diagnosis because, yes, it can be managed and people thrive with diabetes. They do. But if you don't manage it, it is a life or death situation. And... Thank God that the pediatrician noticed that little tiny weight loss and said, hang on a second. And I told her, because she followed up with this just to see just to see how we were doing on Monday. And I told her, you are an absolute angel because I know for a fact you saved our daughter's life. Because if diabetes goes un unchecked, undiagnosed for too long, Oftentimes, the child is so ill or the child has a seizure 
or goes into a coma and may or may not wake up. (laughs) And the fact that they caught this before her body went into something called DKA. DKA is when your body is like, it's it's kind of some of those things that I'm talking about. Um, And if it wasn't DKA, we would have actually probably had to be in the ICU um, for a week or more. And thank God that wasn't the case, that we caught this very early. Her doctor did, and I will forever be grateful to that woman for doing that. And our pediatrician office is just amazing and our regular pediatrician who was out that day I mean she even called us on Monday just to check on us and you know see how we were doing and she knows because she said I know Catalina she's just so she feels so deeply um even watching her brother get shots she just she just feels like she's so empathic and she just feels what she feels so deeply and um she's the same way with Chewy at the vet (laughs) anyway um so they send you home, you know, with this little bit of training that they've given you. You've got literally a massive bag, like a shopping bag, like a paper bag, big paper bag, like a grocery store bag, full of supplies and prescriptions and insulin and all the things that you need. And um, it's a lot, you guys. It is, it is just a lot. And so you're sent home to deal with this. Also, while the emotional toll this takes of the shock and the heartbreak and, you know, holding your child down to give her shots while she screams and kicks and cries and then continues to be upset for ever after that happens. I just remember times holding her saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's over. And while I'm holding her, I'm silently crying while I'm doing it. And um, I had to step out of the room a few times and just go into like an empty room down the hall and just just sob. And I found myself um, wandering downstairs. I I wandered into the chapel and I just just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. You know, I can't take this away from her. But I prayed that she would have the strength and the determination and the bravery to get through this because she's going to need that and I know she's that girl and she is that girl and um you know then you're just also it's kind of like you go through this the different stages of grief through something like this and I found myself bargaining with God even just like give it to me give it to me because I can handle it I can do this let me take this on take it away and give it to me (laughs) no and 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 you would go through feelings like we got this we're gonna get through this we have what it takes we're amazing team to like how will life ever be the same again and when we got home that first week um again it was like a blur and you know what I said this to Frank on the way home or in the car And when we left the hospital, the three of us, here she is four years old. I said, oh my gosh. And he said the same thing. I said, this feels like when they send you home with a newborn, that fear of like, oh my God, if I don't do this perfectly, this child won't survive. If I don't, you know, it it was just all those same feelings and fears of the unknown. 
that you're just thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to get this right and I'm going to mess everything up. And it was like going home with a newborn. I've got all these new supplies, this whole new way of life. How are we going to integrate this into our life and how we like to do things? Because type 1 diabetes, it's not like you get time to be like, all right, cool, this happened. Let me take some time to like read about it, research. No, it is an unrelenting diagnosis that does not give you the gift of extra time. It's like you are in it. You got to figure it out. You got to get past all your own bullshit and your own fears. And you have to just learn how to rock it and how to do this. And that first week at home, oh gosh, it was taking both of us. And it was like she would hide, she would run, she would kick, scream, yell. Um, And that first night when we got home, we got home a little bit late and I had to check her sugar because here's what we're doing right now. Um, She gets a minimum of four, four insulin injections a day. Okay. One before each meal, one at bedtime. Minimum. If she is high at any other time, then that requires another injection, which that's very rare that we have to do that. I also have to prick her finger to check her sugars four to five times a day in addition to that minimum. So we're talking eight needles a day at this point. Um, And, you know, I work from home, but after 2 p.m., my husband's at work. So he had to take family medical leave because I couldn't be here home by myself with the baby. I can't hold her down and inject her at the same time. So anyway, that first week was a living hell. I'm not I'm not being, you know, over dramatic. It was a living hell. Because every single time, which you're doing this every three hours, you guys, it's like run, kick, scream, yell, cry. Then she's angry at you. And you're just so heartbroken because I don't want to have to do this. But I'm doing this because I love you and because I want you alive and healthy and happy. And everybody just kept saying, it's been through this because thank God for support groups online and Facebook and all the things. Everybody just kept saying, I know it doesn't feel like it. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. I promise you it's going to get better. And we were just getting through the days. I'm talking about we were not sleeping. I don't even think I barely, I couldn't even eat that first week. I literally could not even eat food. Where I, you guys know this whole podcast, I'm an emotional eater. I was forcing myself to chew up a piece of cheese um, because I was just so distraught that I couldn't get food down. And then there was also the situation of I don't want to eat in front of her because I just had to get the food made, put it down in front of her, get her to eat it so I can give her her insulin. So the first week was very hard. Um... However, let me just say this, because this is tying back to what I was wanting to talk about also. You know, life is going to throw us curveballs, okay? It's going to happen. May not be diabetes, but it's going to be something else. What was super important and is super important to us as a family is that I will be damned if diabetes is going to hold this girl back. I will be damned if we're going to like revolve our life around diabetes. Diabetes is going to revolve around us, if that makes sense. 
So that first week, she was supposed to go to dance camp, and we were we were going to do it. We had a plan with the doctor. We were going to roll with it. We were going to do it that Monday. We got home because we got home um, Sunday night, literally late. And it was just a wash because the panic, the freakouts. I'm like, I we couldn't even get there on time because of how long it was taking to get the first injection of the day in. So that was a wash. I said, fine. That was Monday. By Wednesday, you guys, we had our kid at school. She goes to school half a day. Um, I, I, I cut out the afternoon for right now. Now, granted, Frank and I were in the parking lot. <laughs> and the teachers were like, that's fine. If you need to stalk us in the parking lot, whatever is going to make you guys feel comfortable while you get through this, then we're going to work with you. And they are angels as well. And that's what we did. We sat in the parking lot because they were playing outdoors and it was a hot day. We made sure she was hydrated. I have her bag everywhere I go with all her supplies. And we did it. And she made it. And it was like the first glimmer of hope that we got this. Like Team Beltran has this in the bag. We're going to get through this. We're going to rock, we're not going to just get through it, but we're going to like rock the shit out of this, this diabetes, okay? And nothing is going to change for her other than, you know what, baby girl, you got a couple more steps to take that someone else doesn't have to do. And that's what I keep telling her is that this will not hold you back. You just have a couple extra steps when you eat your food and a couple extra steps in the morning and that is it. You're just adding a couple things to your daily routine and that's it because it's so important to us as a family that we just keep plowing forward with how we live our life and we just throw this into the mix because this is now part of our journey diabetes is not going away it doesn't get better so people's stories about their mom who started working out or their dad who started eating better that's not helpful because that is not what type 1 diabetes is about So it's like diabetes is part of our journey. It's not going anywhere and we're going to make it work into our lifestyle, right? So that was Wednesday and um, that was the last day of school for the week. And I was determined next week she's back at school three days a week. Okay, so week one, we are in a living hell. And I'm not kidding you, the first night when we got home late and she had to take her sugar, her blood sugar on her finger, I'm not trying to be like, you know, dramatic or whatever. I mean, I am dramatic, but I'm not trying to be dramatic right now. It was like a scene from The Exorcist. No kidding, no lie. And my mom and dad were still here because they had the baby and they they were waiting downstairs so we could, you know, they knew this was going to take some time. And I mean, I even came downstairs and even my father (laughs) was like teary-eyed from what they had to hear. And I thought, oh my God, how are we ever going to do this? how 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 if it's going to be like this and it was breaking my heart because those first couple days you know when she was having these fits she deserved to have these fits this is scary this is new she's freaking four years old right Javi is getting terrified because we don't our household is a calm, safe place. We don't yell. We don't scream. We're not violent. And the yelling and the screaming was just so traumatic. I mean, 
it, it, it was just awful. And to the point, he's over there in his walker alone because Frank is holding her. I'm injecting her. And Javi's just crying. And he looks terrified. Um, and then as soon as we would finish, I would run to him. And I would grab him. And I would hold him. And we would hold her together and just say, we love you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> and we're doing this. Because we love you. And we just kept reinforcing that over and over and over again. That if we could take this away, we would. But this is just our story now. And it's your journey. And I just keep telling her how strong, how brave, how brave, how brave, how brave you are. And then I think it was later that week. I don't remember the day. But I remember it was at bedtime. And we have to inject at bedtime. And Frank was in the nursery with Javi, putting him to bed. And I took out the nighttime insulin. And she got real curious about it. And I said, what if we just try to do it without Daddy? And I kind of made it like a game. Like, we don't need him. Like, we can, we, we're, like, we're just, the girls got this. Like, we can do this by ourselves, right? Because that was going to be our goal is we have to be able to do it alone when he goes to work. And it was the first time she didn't freak out, she didn't run away, and I got it done by myself, and it was like, you could have thrown a parade how happy I was, and how proud I was of her, and when Frank came in the room, and he was like, are you serious, you guys are done, and that again, there was this little glimmer of hope, and I just want to share that with you guys, that whatever it is you're going through, you can relate yourself back to, you know, going through something hard like this. Please don't lose your hope. Because when you're going through hell, that glimmer of hope, that little sparkle, that little glitter, that's all you have. And when you get that big glimmer of hope saying like, okay, if she did it once, I know she has it in her to keep going. You have to grab that with every power every every piece of your being and hold on to it because that is going to pull you through what you're going through I promise you I promise you and it's proof that if I can do this I can do it again and again and again and again right and she did it and I was like oh my gosh I think you know we are going to get through this we got this and every single night when the kids would go to sleep, that first week at least, I would cry and I would sob and I would just let it out. And then we would talk and we would say, okay, what was the good part for today? What what were the wins? And that's the other thing, guys. You cannot just focus on, oh my God, why me? This sucks. Yes, you know what? Diabetes can fucking suck a you-know-what, okay? Diabetes sucks. And I pray every day there's going to be a cure. I pray every day in her lifetime there will be a cure, but I can't take it away. You need to sit in your feelings of being angry, of being sad, of feeling broken, but then it's time to get your ass up and it's time to say, and what am I going to do about it? Because I tell you guys all the time, my longtime listeners and my students, they know this. A circumstance is the circumstance is the circumstance, correct? And in this instance, diabetes is our circumstance. There is absolutely nothing I can do in my power to change that. Nothing. 
but I can either get through this, woe is me, continue my pity party to be a victim of it, and sit at home and be afraid and be scared and 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 completely change my life and revolve my life around insulin and the schedule. Or I get to decide, you know what? This effing sucks. I hate it. But we're going to make this, this is going to fit into our life. Okay? This is going to have to fit into what we like to do. And so the other piece of that, and I did this when I had newborns, um, when everything feels so overwhelming and new and you're scared and you're afraid to mess up and everything else, is every day I would set mini goals. I did this when both of my kids were in, um, newborns of like, okay, you know what? Today, I'm going to get that paperwork filled out. Today, my, my only goal is to do what I need to do to keep this baby alive and I'm going to get that insurance taken care of or whatever it is. Okay, so for example, one day we said, you know what? We're going to do what we need to do, but today in between injections so that we can start to learn how to leave the house again, we're going to go to Target as a family. That may not seem like a big deal and another, you know, any other day, but when you're going through something like this, it's like we got to figure out how to get outside of our house and work diet. We got to work diabetes, okay? And that's what we would do. So week one, we have had an absolute living hell. We have had every single meltdown, every single emotion. I'm over here just thinking, oh my God, my girl, my just, my happy, she's the epitome of living life to the fullest. She's the epitome of just that person who is just full of zest for life and she's larger than life in her personality and she was angry she was mad she was she was acting out she was just saying things and what broke me that first week I mean what real I mean a lot of things did but one of the things you guys so Kat and I have a thing that we've done for years now when we go to bed and we do our bedtime routine and we're laying next to each other when I put her to sleep and I say so what was your best part and she's supposed to tell me her favorite part of the day. And then she says, okay, mommy, what was your best part? And if Frank is there, she also asks him to. And then she does one for Chewy, which is hilarious. And we now we do one for Javi and we pretend to talk like them. <laughs> and anyway, so I said, baby girl, I was like, what was your best part? She goes, nothing. Because diabetes is yucky. And all I did was take insulin and it's yucky and it's gross and I don't have a best part (sighs) and I just had to say to her and remind her but remember today we did this and we did that and we did da 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 and I would play up all the good stuff and that's how I teed it up for the next couple of days. Instead of just asking, I would say, okay, so today we did this and we did that and we went here and we went there. So what was your best part? And that just broke me because I thought, oh my God, like the thing that's been so hard, there's a lot of things that have been hard over the past month for us. But one of the many things is, you know, the, the topic of this episode is life is going to throw you curveballs. We don't expect them to throw curveballs to our children when they're four. (laughs) And it just breaks me for her to have to learn these lessons that I thought I could protect her from for a long time. And I can't protect her from this. I, I can take care of her. I can help her see the positives. But that feeling that she's going to have to wrestle with about 
why did this happen to me or this sucks or like I I think of life now almost as like pre-diabetes and after diabetes and um that's the hard that's one of the harder things is your little child having to learn that sometimes life just fucking sucks it just does and our job my husband's job and my job is to not let this take her down I am been showing her videos of other kids there's all these amazing resources with even Disney now has a character with diabetes that wears a pump and um showing her role models and famous people that have diabetes that are thriving there was one that just came out she's an Olympian and I'm just constantly putting that stuff in her face because I will be damned if she lets this hold her back in any regard in her life um you know so then that gave us that hope week number two guys we're going to school we're going to school three days a week and she nailed it she she did it like she did it she went to school we were you know figuring this out we had one night where we went to the mall and we ate dinner at the mall we did our insulin check in the mall at the bathroom and it was just every day getting these little glimmers of like, okay, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. You know, and we would have a day where everything went beautifully and the next day would be a meltdown. Um, so we were starting to get to the point where I was able to do all her glucose checks. That's how we started. Is that now she's letting me do her finger checks when we're not having freak outs, we're not crying. And fast forward to now she is cleaning her finger for me she's getting out her band-aid she's setting up the meter with the little strip and all I do is poke her finger she puts the blood on the strip and I just look at her and I think you are so brave and you are so strong and you are my little superhero and she just inspires me in so many ways watching her go through this and how she is rocking it like a, a boss like just the resilience that our children have, we don't realize sometimes because we know how heavy life is. But once she got through that first week, this girl and her resilience. So let me just share with you. Um, we got through that second week with school. I'm doing everything on my own now from the injections to the glucose. And we're just like, we're rocking this. Like we can do this. Like we can actually do this. And the third week she goes back to dance camp <laughs> um, the first half of the week. And the second half of the week, we had a, a trip planned to Texas for my sister-in-law's wedding where Kat was the flower girl. There's a lot of people that would have just said, you know what, this is too hard. We're too new to this diagnosis. There's no way in hell we're going to be able to fly and do this and figure it out. And we said, no, we're not canceling anything. We're not canceling school. We're not canceling dance camps that were planned months ago. And we're not canceling our trip and our plans to be in this wedding. We're going to just figure it out. Because if we don't figure it out now, then when? And I relate that back to your weight loss and your other challenges in life. It's like, you can't do your weight loss in a bubble. You better learn how to figure out how to go to the mall and make good choices, how to go to Target and not get all the snacks at the checkout line, how to get on an airplane and go on a trip and not completely self-sabotage yourself and your goals. You have to figure out how to live life with the cards that you're given, whether it's being overweight and trying to get your weight off or whether it's dealing with type 1 diabetes with your child. You have to figure out 
How? How do I live my life to the fullest? How do I feel irresistible? How do I live my best life with the hand that I've been dealt? Because that card is either going to take you to your knees or it's going to rise you up so high. And I tell my kid, I tell her, you're going to help so many other kids and you cannot throw this away. You will not just throw this away. You are going to use this and you are going to help people and you are going to inspire people. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, what would you tell any other kid that has diabetes? She's like, I would tell them it's going to be okay and don't be scared. Because <laughs> my daughter, she's always said she wants to be a baby doctor, a pediatrician. And I'm like, who knows where she'll end up? But what I know for sure is that this will make her more resilient. She will be able to face adversity better than most people. She will be able to be so self-aware of her own body and how her body's feeling and just all these amazing traits. That's how I choose to look at it. You know, when you, and you need to feel both. You need to let yourself feel, oh my God, how is she going to do this? And, and, and the grief and the pity party. Allow yourself to do that and then get your ass back up and figure it out and figure out what you're going to do. So we went from exorcist moment on night one to you guys last week. We are rocking the shit out of diabetes, okay? She's over here doing her insulin at the airport. We're checking blood sugars in the car. We're doing insulin injections at the wedding reception in the bathroom. Um, and we're just rocking it. Like, she's rocking it. And I tell her, you're Wonder Woman. You're my little Wonder Woman. And we got this. Like, we talk about how we're all a team. And we just fill her up with so much confidence and support. And between Frank and I, we will literally do anything we have to do. Anything to make this an easy transition for her. And at the same time, we also tell her, you know what? Diabetes stinks. But this is what we got to do. We got to deal with it. You know, we can't take it away, but it's all about how we look at things. And um, she's just amazing. She is so amazing. So here we are less than a month in, and she's reminding me. She's like, Mommy, I got to go take my insulin. Mommy, can you go do my finger check? And it's just amazing, you guys. And it's only going to get better because we just had an appointment also to get her on a tubeless wireless pump that literally looks like a little sticker. It's like a raised um, pod sticker that will allow me to dose her insulin without injecting her four to five times a day. So you get one injection every three days. That's it. Amazing the technology and the things that are available. We also have a device coming in the mail any day now that will continuously check her glucose, which means I don't have to prick her finger five times a day, which is, it's just, I'm mind blown at what they have these days. And the tech is only improving. There's already updates. There's already things coming out. I can't even imagine what will be available in 10 years when she's a teenager. And, um, you know, our main goal is I don't want my daughter to feel different. I don't want her to feel like she is called out in any type of way. She just has a couple extra steps to do, and that's it. And it was important for me to break my silence. It was important for me to share where I'm coming from, where I've been, because I just couldn't speak. I would get on social media, and I would start scrolling, and I couldn't do it. 
And I know this is irrational, but it's how our brains work. Those first couple days or week or whatever, I would get on social media and scroll and I would just feel angry. I was so angry watching everybody else just carrying on with their life like nothing has happened because nothing's happened to them. (laughs) And just the fact that they can still be so carefree. And, you know, if if this is something you guys want to learn more about, I will certainly do more episodes and I will share more because this is just barely skimming the surface of what we've been going through. You know, there's a lot to it. There's the calculations, there's the insulin, there's the preparation, there's the bag, the supplies that you have to take everywhere. And it there's also the food component. And the hardest part about, about the food is... Um, being spontaneous in the moment and saying, oh yeah, I can eat that. Oh, I can eat. It's, it's the planning. It's the thinking about it, which is really challenging. But every day gets a little bit better. Um, and then some days we slide backwards. Like there was about a week and a half ago where we were doing really well. And then she um, she was upset and she laid in my arms and she cried. And she said, mommy, why do I have diabetes? I don't want it anymore. And why did this happen to me? And there's times I've had to call the doctor two o'clock in the morning when she has a high that we're supposed to call when the numbers reach a certain point. And when we're waiting for the call back to page, when we page them and we're waiting for the call, she said, can you please ask the doctor why this happened? And I just can't answer that. I don't have answers. And the one thing I ask out of respect, um, if you choose to contact or speak with me on social media or in the Facebook group or on Instagram or email or what have you, I would like for everyone to really just hold back on their horror stories. Um, that's not helpful. That is not something I want to hear. That is not something I am open to hearing. I don't think that's helpful whatsoever when someone is going through something. What's going to be helpful for me is just you know, if you have inspiring stories that you've heard from your own personal experiences, just kind words, horror stories, or, oh my God, did you hear about this? Or maybe it was caused by such and that's not helpful. And I, I won't, I'm not going to reply to things like that. So that's all I ask out of respect for me and my family. Um, yeah, so we are adapting you guys. We are kicking butt. We are doing everything we need to do. It's a roller coaster. You know, everything was going great yesterday. It was Frank's first day back to work. And everything was, you know, going okay. And then last night, she had a super high number in the middle of the night, um, which means I have to check her number. I have to dose her more insulin. I have to call the doctor. I also have to check her urine. And meanwhile, Javi wakes up. He's throwing up all over me because he spit up. And it was just, it was a shit show. And that's how it goes with this. Some days is going to be a shit show and other days it just flows and it just goes. But diabetes is a constant chasing of numbers. It is a constant 24-7, unrelent- it's, it's just, it doesn't stop where you're constantly having to think about it. And um, it is getting better with time. It is getting better with time. I heard someone say it doesn't get better. It's just that you know more. And I, I disagree with that because... When I learn more and I know more, it is going to get easier. It does get easier the more I'm comfortable with it and managing it and learning how her body is reacting to certain foods and certain doses and things like that. So 
oh boy, it's a lot and it's heavy. And um, like I said, this was going to be an overly emotional episode. So if you're still listening, I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you for, for, for listening and being part of our Irresistible You fam. And um, yeah, I just, I needed to get back. I, I couldn't even think about anything else. Like work was been the last thing on my mind and I needed to get back and I want to be back. And um, I needed time to process this before I could publicly speak on it. And now that I've processed through a lot of it and I'm getting a grip on things a lot more, um, I'm ready to share that with you guys. So I appreciate you. And um, if you want to know more, I will certainly share more because, again, like I said, this just barely scratched the surface of what we've been through this past month. But just, again, relating it back to your own personal journeys and struggles is that there will be curveballs. You may not be prepared for that specific circumstance, but what you have control over is how you react. So understanding that sometimes you need some time to get through it. You need time to to grieve you need time to be angry you need time to feel and then it's just like this this the different uh phases of grief you get to a point where you're accepting and like this is just what it is so I'm gonna and I tell my daughter that too I said there's two ways you're gonna do this when we were having a hard time with the injections I said there's two ways number one daddy has to hold you down which makes it so much harder you scream you cry you work yourself up that's one way of doing it and it takes way longer to do it that way. Or you learn to be calm, practice some of the techniques we've been show I've been sharing with her some calming techniques and I give her my little glitter wand and stuff like that. And you breathe through it and we get it done in like literally ten seconds. And that's gonna be up to you to make that decision. And so it took her some time and she's now realized, okay, like this is the choice that I have and I choose to make this easy. So now she's helping with the injections. She's cleaning her legs. She's helping me press the button on the pen and just that, that curiosity. And I just give her so much credit for her resilience and her strength and her bravery at four years old and the amount of information that she understands about diabetes is just mind-blowing. Like she'll look at food and say, okay, if I eat this, I have to take insulin, right? And it's like, yes. And certain foods, she's like, well, if I eat the cheese or the pepperoni, I don't need insulin, right? Like she just, she gets it. And um, anyway, so that's my life at the moment. Um, It's taken up a lot of space. It is taking up a lot of space, but it's only going to get better. And it's, you know, right now I feel like diabetes has been living in the front seat with us. And as time goes on and we get more comfortable and we get the different technologies that I was talking about, diabetes will be in the backseat. It's not going to go away, but it's always going to be riding with us. But it doesn't have to be the center of attention anymore. It, it'll get better. It'll get better. And the same for you. Whatever it is you're going through might feel like it's the only thing right now. And eventually it just becomes the backseat or it's even riding... Girl, it might be right in the trunk in the in the suitcase. That's where I plan on having it at one point. Okay, <laughs> um, that's where I would like to go. I would like to get to. So yeah, so that's it, guys. Um, if you're still listening, thank you. I love you. I'm gonna run, and I will follow up and catch up with you guys on Instagram. I'm at Irresistible Icing or inside of the free Facebook group. Until we speak again, stay irresistible. I love you. Bye.